often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 515. I am your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slapbox penthouse. Up in this bitch during 4th of July weekend. And as of right now, I don't plan on blowing anything up, but I, I guess maybe on Monday I might, uh, you know, watch some fireworks. We'll see. Anywho... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got Kate Bush's song uh, Running Up That Hill stuck in my head after watching all of Stranger Things second part of season four. Just two, only two episodes long, but all together it's like four hours. Four hours. I started watching it last night and then finished it up today. It's, uh, it's good. Enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Cannot get that song out of my head. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I guess uh, <laughs> Vecna's going to have a hard time killing me if I just got Kate Bush going on in my head all the time. That's how that works, right? I guess it only works if it's my favorite song. Not a bad song. I don't know if I'd say it was my favorite. I saw a thing on Reddit. <laughs> uh, I follow a tool Reddit. And uh, tool subreddit, whatever. And uh, there, somebody asked the question there: If what, what would be your tool song to uh, protect you from Vecna? Something along the lines of that. And I'm gonna have to say, if I'm going tool, I'd have to go Jambi. That was my Jambi was my jam there for a while. Um, before that, Eulogy, which. Uh, it's kind of a darker song that one, but Jambi's kind of more wishful. It's, you know, it's just like it, there's it's, it's about love if you really listen to it. And the Jambi, I think it's the name of that comes from the uh, Pee Wee Playhouse, if I remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a there was a character on Pee Wee. Yeah, it was the the genie. I don't know if that's where the uh, title. I imagine that's probably where the title probably came from. Knowing, <laughs> knowing tool. Uh, according to their uh, Wikipedia page, it says, uh, over you. Yeah. It talks about the timing. Where's the fucking, is this, does that track? It doesn't specify. I feel like that. Oh, it does. Okay. Hmm. Uh, here we go. Uh, its title has been said to primarily refer to the iambic meter used in the lyrics of the song as Jambi means I am uh, in Finnish. And drummer Danny Carey stated that when bassist Justin Chancellor played the bass track of the song, it instantly reminded him of the children's television program Pee-wee's Playhouse. Then singer Maynard James Keenan thought of the genie Jambi, okay, yeah, and had the idea to make the song's theme about making wishes. Which, yeah. So, uh... 
That if I if I was gonna go for Tool song, I guess I'd go GMB still. It's not my favorite one to play. Not my favorite one to play. As uh, uh, I don't know what my favorite one to play is. Mm. I know my probably my favorite riff to play is probably like the main riff in Lateralis. It's a lot of parts in Lateralis I could care less to play, but the the main riff, like heavy riff, I like I like that one a lot. Not like the opening riff with the uh, delay and all that. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> yeah, I th- I think JMB could save me from Vecna. Other than that, I mean, there oh, there's just so many good songs, so many good songs that could pretend potentially save me from Vecna. Would it have to be my favorite, or could it just be like a jam that you know? It would have to be something I'd have to be able to live with over and over again. But I feel like there's quite a few songs I could do that with. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, which also reminds me of an old SNL sketch when uh, Willem Dafoe, I believe, was hosting. I know he was at least in the sketch. But there was a, a bit where uh, I think it was Will Ferrell was like the main character in the sketch. And... uh he comes in there and they create this new technology to where you can hear your your favorite song on repeat constantly in your head. And uh, Will Ferrell's was Hart's legendary classic Barracuda, which I guess he would have prepared for Vecna in that way. But in it, you know, he ends up going crazy and just can't fucking stand Barracuda after a while. And then, like, it's like in an office, and then everybody in there has got, uh, I gotta see if I can pull this up. Uh, maybe if I look up Will Ferrell and Barracuda on YouTube, I can find it. Maybe. Maybe not. But, uh, there was, I think, my favorite in this, the in that episode, the, or that sketch, uh, Willem Dafoe's was uh, Hall and Oates. If I remember which character is which, Hall and Oates, Private Eyes. Although maybe it's not Will Ferrell's that's the main. Ah, you know I don't remember. I'm, it's been so long. I mean, Will Ferrell was a cast member when this happened, but it was something along the lines. Of, I, I want to say it was Will Ferrell had like Barracuda, and uh, Willem Dafoe was like Private Eyes. You know, Private Eyes. They're watching you. See you. I could do some Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates would save my ass from Vecna. I mean, there's so many. Uh, so many, uh, you know, Hall and Oates songs. I mean, they, they made some fucking killer songs, man. Kiss on my list. Sarah Smiles or whatever the title of that one is. I mean, Man Eater. Dudes are fucking legends. Uh, and YouTube's, YouTube's being a bit of a bitch right now. Let's see here. Um, uh, I don't know if this will find it. Barracuda. I don't think I could do Barracuda on on uh, <laughs> on, on repeat. I don't think that could. That would not save me from Vecna. I mean, I like the song. Don't know if... Don't know if that would save me. That seems... 
Yeah, Barracuda's not finding it. Damn you. It was like a... It wasn't like live, like they record. It was like a sketch separate from... Maybe if I look up Willem Dafoe. If I can spell... I can't spell Willem Dafoe. Anyway. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, be, 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 private eyes? Well, I cannot... <laughs> cannot type tonight. Oh, here. This might be it. Nope, that's not it. Damn it. This is like the newer... The newer Willem Dafoe. I don't think I can find... Damn it. I was really hoping I could find that sketch. This sketch didn't occur to me until, you know, I would have maybe done some show prep had I really thought I was going to play that. But damn, I can't find that sketch. It's a great sketch if I could ever find the damn thing. You know, they again, they were getting ready for Vecna. They were attempting that, although most of the people at the end went crazy. And I think Andy Richter is also in that sketch. And uh, <laughs> in the end, he's like... Uh, hugging like Willem Dafoe or uh, Will Ferrell. I feel like maybe Willem Dafoe is the main character anyway. He hugs one of them just like, you know, it's all right, it's all right. You know, uh, and that, but then like his song starts playing. It's like Bon Jovi wanted dead or alive. Oh, <laughs> uh, just so, so fantastic. Anyway, though, uh, yeah. Speaking of songs, I could hear over and over again. I love me some Dexie's Midnight Riders. Come on, Eileen. I mean that one. I could I could do that one on repeat for a while. Maybe not for eternity. But if I had to let's <laughs> go on over and over again. It's pretty fucking great. That being said, I've had it on loop in my head quite a bit here lately because uh my good friend Megan He's trying to get me to foster some more uh, three-legged cats. As of right now, the uh, Franklin County Humane Society has two amputees. Um, one that's on quarantine right now that I've not seen. It's, a, it's an adult cat. And there's another uh, kitten um, whom they did not have a name for. I don't know that they had a name for the one that's in quarantine. Um, this kitten, uh, she didn't have a name for it. She sent me pictures of this black kitten it, it she had gotten hit by a car it's a female cat and uh seeing these pictures man it was like the uh, sarah mclaughlin song is stuck in my head and that one would definitely not save me from vecna though i've been to lilith fair back in the day in like 97 and i'm, I'm not against sarah mclaughlin but i've heard that song way way too many times in the arms of angels or whatever the <laughs> oh, fuck i just like thinking of the pic the picture of that cat is putting in my head that song again and I want come on Eileen because uh I after she's uh, Megan had sent me pictures of the kitten and uh a small video of her uh I was like well I've got a name suggestion <laughs> I mean she's a three-legged kitten she's female so if you want her to come you're gonna say come on Eileen I mean it's it's just perfect perfect if she's missing a leg so she's leaning eileen not that i should probably have to explain that it's a pretty stupid joke but it's like the cat has its own theme song 
Now, <laughs> I have not adopted the kitten. Maybe that'll happen in the future. Uh, you know, I really don't need to take a, care of another cat right now. Fox, Mulder here, and myself, we're getting along just fine. He's just laying on on the carpet now. Head down on it. We're cool. We're cool. We're grooving. I did meet Eileen, though. She she did, does have the name Eileen now. She has named that. I met her. Very, very small kitten. Very young. Uh, and uh, she was spooked by everything. I think, like, she might have been in the Upside Down at some point. I mean, she seemed, of course, she was uh, getting off some painkillers. She recently had the amputation. And the last, the day I saw her was like the last day on on the painkillers. Her eyes were all glazed over. She's a little out of it, but she was like playing with this little ball. She seemed like a sweet cat, but you know that could be the fact she was on these painkillers. She didn't be, seem real too freaked out by myself so much, but any little sound and you move too quickly, she's scared. Apparently, if she hears any cars, which I would imagine, if I got hit by a car and lost a fucking leg, I wouldn't want to go any near any cars either. Um. She does also need to get uh, surgery on. Uh, it's a for the, I didn't mention it's her back one of her back legs that uh, had to be amputated and her other back leg needs surgery on it. They had to put a plate in it. They have to wait for her to get a little bit older though, so she can get a little bit bigger. They got to wait at least a couple weeks before they can actually put the plate in. Anyway, yeah, seemed like a sweet cat. It was, uh, you know, it was like, oh, damn. Like, I don't, I don't need to. Then if, like, I foster, you know, I, you know, if I get attached, like, and then I'm going to end up adopting this thing, having another cat. And, uh, you know, I, I hope there's somebody out there that, you know, wants to hopefully give Eileen a good home. But uh, a little light on the funds. And, you know. It's gonna it's gonna be a little uh, time consuming with her. I'm afraid I don't even know how well she's gonna be able to use a litter box, at least for a while. With the back leg missing and being freshly missing and the other back leg having surgery. That's a real challenge, man. Fox, though he's missing a leg, it's his front leg and he's apparently been missing for quite some time. He's fine. He can he's he manages his own. He's uh <laughs> He's just chilling. He's just chilling. There's, you know, there was a couple of litter issues. I had to change the litter a few times to find one that wouldn't get clumped to a seat and uh, that uh, didn't get everywhere. Uh, other than that, and then he was puking from eating wet food. Apparently can't get him any near wet food. He's like a gremlin. Don't get him wet. Or like a mogwai, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so maybe there might end up being another kitten in... in in the house. Well, I haven't had a kitten yet here in the penthouse, but maybe there will be in the future. Then again, if I just foster her and then find a family for the cat to, uh, go away for adoption, that, like that's gonna, and if Fox bonds with her, that's just harsh. That's, that seems harsh. <laughs> I think I could get over it. I don't know about my buddy over here. That would be a little bit uh, rough to do on him. But she, Megan had suggested since I already take care of one <laughs> three-legged cat, I should be the local go-to as far as fostering amputees. 
I'm like, oh man, I don't know. She said they don't normally come into contact to too many amputees, the cats, but uh, right now they just happen to have two of them. I definitely don't want two other cats <laughs> right now. That's, that seems a bit much. I don't know. Maybe if the other adult cat's not too bad that's in quarantine right now, can manage to take care of itself, and isn't too much of a dick. You know, I don't want Fox and and him fighting. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, back to Tool, man. I, uh, of course, you know, I'm still waiting on that Adam Jones signature Les Paul Gibson there. Uh, the uh, Les Paul standard, that is. Not the custom shop, but the standard. As Adam Jones did finally officially announce the Epiphone model. Not when it's going to release, but they did show pictures of it. Unfortunately, on the Epiphone model, it looks like they have at least the same bridge pickup in the Epiphone as they do the custom shop model, which is kind of shitty because the standard, which is a $3,000 guitar, does not have the Seymour Duncan uh, DGJ, I think is what he uses. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it does not use that. It uses a in-house Gibson uh, like super distortion. I forgot what it exactly it's called. But it's Gibson's version of of that pickup. Though, you know, li- I've listened to sound YouTube videos and stuff and I don't know that I would notice that big of a difference between the pickups, honestly. But, you know, if I want to really nail that tone, I feel like I'd want that... <laughs> That's Seymour Duncan in the pickup. I'm a fan of Seymour Duncan pickups. I've got two guitars right now that have Seymour Duncans in them. I had to think about it. I might, yeah, two of my guitars. Yeah, the other one doesn't have any Seymour Duncans in it. The other electric. I only have one other electric, and it does not. Pretty sure. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, they've gone with the more expensive pickup in the Epiphone, which I was surprised at that. Now, I imagine with the custom shop, the Gibson custom shop, they uh, used the same person that made his original pickup in his OG 79, Les Paul. Um, they used the same employee to ra- uh, wrap the pickups in the custom shop run of that guitar, <clears throat> which I would imagine would cost more money. I would imagine, though, you know, Seymour Duncan's probably, hopefully, pretty good at training their employees that if it wasn't her that did it. <laughs> I don't remember the woman's name, but I know it's a woman, I believe, that uh, wound his pickup originally. Apparently, you can go, if you want to order it yourself, though, you can go on uh, Seymour Duncan's website. You have to custom order it, though. You have to specify that's what you want, and you have to specify the pickup and that you want... Apparently, she still works there, and you can I, – I don't think it's, like, obscenely expensive to do, like a little over $100. i am not i am not real sure for, like, a pickup. But uh, it's kind of it's kind of sad that they didn't do that extra little bit. 
in the standard. They haven't, of course, released any specs on the Epiphone model, but there's clearly a Seymour Duncan in that bridge. They, you know, in classic Adam Jones fashion, just did a little tease with a, a video where the uh, a lot of effects on the video, it's hard to make out everything, but you clearly make out the Seymour Duncan written all over the pickup. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's kind of... Kind of, kind of miffed about that, but I would still rather have the Gibson, the Made in the USA. I really would like to have a Made in the USA. Now that you know it's Fourth of July, having a Made in the USA guitar sounds pretty great. Though I've heard, you know, the last several years that uh, people complain a lot over uh, Gibson's QSing efforts and that they're not great. They, uh, their fretwork sometimes isn't. Uh, the greatest, although everything I've read about the uh, Adam Jones uh, guitar, the specific one, I haven't read about anybody getting and complaining about the QC on it, which I'm glad. Although I did see a Reddit post where uh, a guy was playing. Of course, he wasn't that great at playing guitar. That might have maybe he wasn't fretting it out right. But it sounded like may, people were complaining that it didn't sound like the intonation was off. So maybe they didn't do a very good job on setting it up the guitar. <laughs> With that being said, I, uh, <laughs> I've i been practicing playing some Tool songs because I want to do an unboxing video. I don't know how well that's going to go. And I want to do, uh, do a couple of Tool riffs and do a little Tool medley going on and try to have a little a riff here and there from every album. And uh, I've been really trying to nail the Adam Jones tone. I mean, I mentioned what, a mu- couple months ago, whatever it was, I got that uh, diesel VH4 pedal. And uh, I started using the same picks that Adam Jones w- or, uh, uses. And shit, even that just makes a huge difference. Uses a Jim Dunlop. I don't remember the millimeter on that, but it's the gray pick, <laughs> if that helps. That's his main one. There's a yellow one he uses, too, a little bit from wire stand, but I like the gray one. It's got a nice grip texture. It's hard to fucking drop that son of a bitch. really just sticks to your finger. And uh, I thought, man, that was a game changer just using the pick. Then I finally finally, uh, went ahead and used the same exact stream gauge as Mr. Jones uses. And that... That has got to be a huge, I mean, totally different world, game changer. It is. And when I when I go to say this name, I'm going to immediately get stuck in my head another song. A song that I don't know that wouldn't save me from Vecna. Good song, but I don't know. But uh, it's the Queen classic, Fat Bottom Girls, that will uh, be immediately playing in my head because the name of the Ernie Ball string that Adam Jones used is the skinny top fat bottom or wait or is it big bottom <laughs> I may have already fucked that up I may have shit uh, but it does make me think of uh, it is heavy bottom damn it but it makes me think of the fat bottom girls you know heavy fat bottom it gets, it's the same thing the same thing but uh, let's see the uh I I had been using the uh, slinky. There is a beefy bottom too, which is 
Is that a little bit? I'm trying to look here at the actual gauge. That's slightly, I think that's slightly bigger than the uh, heavy bottom. I think. I think the 54, well, it's 54 on the beefy. On the heavy, I think it's 52 or something. Yeah, the be the beefy's a little bit bigger. I don't know. I kind of like the sound of the beefy. Uh, beefy just sounds kind of nasty too. <laughs> but uh, oh, they got all kinds of mammoth. What's the ma Wow, what's the mammoth? Holy shit! This is crazy. Mammoth slinky. They still consider that slinky. The string gauge on that is. 12s on the the high E and the low E is a 62. That's like a fucking bass string, basically, which I feel like just playing the skinny top heavy bottom is uh, awfully bassy. But uh, anyway, I usually... Here lately, I, I think it's the uh, Super Slinky. If I can find the goddamn... <laughs> what the hell is Zippy Slinky? Um... Man, they offer an insane amount of different... Yeah, Super Slinky's what I've been using before the skinny top heavy bottom. And uh, in comparison there, the Super Slinky, the high E, is a 9-gauge, uh, 11 and a 16 on the other high-end strings. And then the the, the low E's like a 42, whereas the skinny top heavy bottom... It's a 10 gauge on the high E. It's a little bit lighter strings on the three uh, higher pitch strings there. And then the low end, it gets pretty crazy there. 52 on the the low E, or, well, on my guitar, it's a low D. <laughs> uh, but, man, yeah, that is a huge, huge difference there. I mean, when you put that... The feeling on it is just completely different there. Uh, anyway, yeah. Putting that on my guitar, I was like, I figured that would help me play like them. I know that, too, that, you know, it's you put a heavier gauge string on your guitar, it's going to fuck with your setup a little bit. And uh, I don't have the money to pay somebody to uh, set it up properly. <laughs> Nor do I have the time to really learn how to do a good setup. Um, I've kind of fucked around with doing setups a little bit, and uh, I'm not good at it. Uh, mainly because I just haven't really messed with it that much. <clears throat> but uh, I should have taken my time a little bit more <laughs> on putting those strings on. Maybe I should have played Fat Bottom Girls while I was playing it. Maybe that would have helped me. Maybe. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't. And when I was putting that string on, shit went bad. It went bad. Um, I busted the nut. It, uh, the top part, when I was putting the low, low D strong string on, <laughs> I busted the nut, the nut, but the, the string's still in there. It's still holding it, but part of the nut did bust off. And I'm waiting for the whole thing to just, like, disintegrate. I mean, it's an epi epiphone that's, like, uh, over 20 years old. I imagine that shit, that nut on that thing's probably just plastic. It's not, like, a graphite or bone nut. 
I would imagine. Um, probably should have replaced it years ago anyway. I thought about trying to replace the nut myself too and like kind of looked into it and was like, you know what, meh. Probably better if I just paid someone to do it, but again, I don't have the money to do it. However, I was able to actually change the strings on there and get the skinny top heavy bottom on there. They're on there, and holy shit, major game game changer. Being able to do stuff like Enema and everything, uh, how he does his hammer-ons and everything, sounds so much better. Getting the guitar to chug, so much nicer. The the bass strings are really where it hammers at home. You can really hear the... Maybe, too, there could be part of this problem... I even changed strings on that thing. Probably at least a good year, if not more. And, uh, you know, new strings do sound a lot differently. But th- there's, I think there's something to having those really heavy strings on the low end there. There is something to that. Even though they busted my nut. <laughs> they busted my nut and all. But, mm, I I do enjoy playing it on there. And maybe the fact that, it's not that uh, I was afraid too. You know, having the heavier strings, it would be harder for me to play. But I've been playing quite a bit lately. My fingers are pretty hard. If you know what I mean, they're pretty hard. They will get in there and uh, do some do some work. They will pleasure the strings, if that's a thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, man, yeah, it made a huge difference. I mean, if you're uh, it, you like to play a little guitar, you're into Adam Jones, definitely attempt to switch out those strings of that, the skinny top, heavy bottom. Maybe even go for the beefy bottom. I don't know if make you sound like Adam Jones, but that's some really heavy shit. Gotta warn you, though, what I ended up doing with the other strings, now it's only a problem with, like, the low end because those were a little bit, I mean, the the higher strings were slightly bigger than what they are on the super slinky, but only, like, one gauge up. Not a huge difference. The nut, there was plenty of room. What I should have really done when I was putting that low E string in is tr- should have tried to file it just ever so slightly on the nut, prevent it from busting. Didn't do that. Um, I actually used on the other strings when putting them in, I did kind of file it with the string itself. I put it in there, you know, carefully and then just kind of kind of filed it. I went back and forth with the string to let it in there. Didn't manage to bust more of the nut off. <laughs> I think tonight's just all about me saying bust in the nut. Um, which, man, I think it's been at least a good week since I busted my nut. Not referring to the guitar, because that I did, like, Thursday night. <laughs> uh, talking about my my two nuts. Anyway, I guess, it, you know, sometimes I got to work in that vulgar, because that tagline really, you really end up... Having needing to have some vulgar in there oftenly, you know, there's I haven't talked about shit much, which, yeah, I don't really have much to talk to. My toilet's not working so well. I got to replace some stuff on there. So I've just been turning off the water line every time I, I'm not using it because the, it keeps filling up. I need to replace some stuff on the inside of that. But that requires money, too. I have two toilets, so if one's not working, it's not a huge problem. Anyway, <laughs> I digress yet again. Definitely check out those strings if you're into playing that. Uh, different gauge strings are, make a world of difference. <laughs> Back in the day when I first started playing guitar, 
and I had my first acoustic guitar. It was like a, I don't even remember the name of the brand. I don't have it anymore. It was like maybe $50, 40 or $50 out of a mail order catalog thing. I don't even think it was musician's friend. It was like finger hut or some shit. Probably not finger hut, but it was something of that nature. It was back, back when I got it, this was the nineties and there was a lot of mail order catalogs. And, uh, this is, you know, internet was around already, but there wasn't like Amazon. There wasn't the store online stores. You could go to order shit. The equivalent of that back then, of course, was the mail order fucking catalog. And I'm pretty certain I got this guitar out of the mail order catalog. It was some, I don't even know. I want to say, it wasn't a rogue. I'm, in my head, it pops up rogue, but I know it wasn't a rogue guitar. It was some super fucking cheap guitar. I don't even know if the intonation was ever on that thing. It was just, it was all right to play. I mean, it was okay. I learned how to play guitar a little bit on it. And it was my, uh, it served its purpose, I guess. Um, but once I got a uh, an electric guitar, which my first one was a Fender Squire that I got for 100 bucks, And uh, I didn't have $100 at the time either. It was a whole deal. I ended up uh, <laughs> having to borrow the money from my parents, I believe. Or uh, the, But uh, anyway, there was a... Uh, somebody had spilt soda on the finish of the guitar which I feel now like I really overpaid for that guitar because even now you don't pay that much for Fender Squires. But this was a used Fender Squire and somebody had spilled soda on the damn thing and then (laughs) tried to refinish it themselves, but they they stopped. They just scraped most of the paint off. Well, I think all the paint was gone and then they just never refinished it. They just fucking left it like that. And so that was like my first guitar. And I wish I don't have that one anymore. My first electric anyway. That was So I had that. And then as soon as I got that, I didn't play my cheap-ass acoustic anymore, really hardly at all. I would just kind of fuck around with that Squire. And uh, I ended up uh, putting heavier gauge strings on the... Uh, on the acoustic and I was playing pretty frequently like back then. And, uh, I used Martin guitar strings. I know that they're, they're medium gauge. I'm trying to look at (laughs) what that would, uh, what that would be. I don't remember what the actual gauges on that were. It's fucking ridiculous. I know that they were heavy as fuck. I guess 13 gauge on a low E. That's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> no wonder why they were. Um. Damn it. I, I they I thought they just said like medium on there. It wasn't medium light. It was like straight up medium. Uh. Let's see here. Give me the uh do 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 Oh good lord. No fucking wonder they were that I didn't like playing that guitar once I did that. My whole thought was process was if I slap some really heavy strings on my uh acoustic and if I played it like that on there, I could really toughen up my fingers for playing the electric. What ended up happening was I just 
quit playing the acoustic. <laughs> but I didn't really care for it back then. I wanted to play everything on electric anyway. But holy shit, I'm looking at the... No wonder why Like I would try to bend and stuff on there. It wasn't happening. The lo- the high E on that thing was a 13. And then the, the low E was a 56. So we're that's heavier than the big bottom here of the Ernie Bull. The heavy bottom. Well, no, that might be. Yeah, it's slightly bigger than the than that on the low strings, but fuck a thirteen. Thirteen gauge is ridiculous. Why do they consider that medium? <laughs> See, my thought too is like back then. I don't know if there was forums. I don't know. There was probably forums and stuff you could find on the internet at that time. But I just thought medium was kind of in the middle of stuff. Of course, there's fourteen gauge too. This was. I guess slightly heavier than that. Um, my thought process was medium would be kind of in the middle of the road. And to me, and that's not really middle of the road. That's pretty fucking heavy ass strings, man. There's no reason to fucking do the, the only reason to go with like heavy strings on like the lighter on the uh, higher strings to me would be if you're a touring musician and uh, you know, your your hands are fucking, your fingers are just fucking stone. <laughs> and maybe you're not bending all that much. That's like a ridiculous gauge. Stevie Ray Vaughan, I believe, did use pretty heavy strings. I think he used 12s. Um, but he was playing every single day for, you know, hours and hours and hours on end. So for our stand, too, also when he started a tour, he would go with lighter gauge strings, but then work his way up to the heavier gauge. Anyway, <laughs> what I was going to get back to, uh, to in to the beginning of the show was the Stranger Things. Um, as I digressed into strings after talking about Mr. Adam Jones, uh, Stranger Things, man, holy shit! Of course, the second half and finale to season four came out yesterday as I'm recording this on the 2nd came out on uh, July 1st and fucking what a way to spend my holiday weekend I got no cash so I'm a little strapped from you know (laughs) paying for the penthouse and all Um, so I got no money to go out and do anything Uh, but holy shit man thank you Duffer Brothers for putting out the Stranger Things there on July 1st give me something to watch as uh, I had four hours of about four hours ish of goodness to watch. And I'm going back now and watching the, the first episode. And, uh, I watched that again earlier of the original season there. Classic shit. And, uh, I gotta say, I am really looking forward to, uh, season five to see what, uh, the way they laid it out in season four. I'm assuming they're getting, (laughs) <laughs> season five it's Netflix's best show and Netflix you know is not doing so well now their stock prices are down a lot there's so many other streaming options out there there's fucking s- and man I keep seeing so many good shit on all these other things that I don't have like uh, the, the Beavis and Butthead do the universe don't Paramount Plus I, I can't afford Paramount Plus can't really afford Netflix but I'm paying for that too so uh, 
You know, there's just way too many options out there, and there's just good stuff here and there on like every fucking platform. And I w- I miss the days of when Netflix had a monopoly <laughs> on the whole thing. You know. <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh. I really did dig season four. I thought it was fucking fantastic, and they just really killed it those last two episodes, man. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, there's just two episodes in the final uh, part, the second half of season four, but the first episode's like an hour and a half, almost two hours long, then the second one's like two and a half hours. Or wait, shit, it means more than that. It's a lot. <laughs> It is a lot. Um but it's it's worth it. I mean it's a lot it's it isn't it isn't cuz you know if it was half a season or whatever you know you think it'd be like six six episodes or so. With that in mind, maybe it's not a lot, but <laughs> I don't since it's only two episodes. It's good. That's what it is. It's just good. It felt very epic. It was I know they were, you know, the uh, Duffer brothers have called it their uh, Game of Thrones season, and it definitely felt like it was getting pretty epic there at the end. And uh, <laughs> I felt very Lord of the Rings kind of feel in it, like they were going on a quest, which I guess they're kind of doing that every season and such. Um, <laughs> But, uh, man, yeah, it is so good. And uh, I don't want to, like, ruin it, but I would imagine if you're listening to this, yeah, you know, you might have <laughs> you might have watched it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I did see this uh, co- uh, interesting fact earlier on uh, their IMDb page for Stranger Things. Um, it does say the uh, costume designer, and I'm going to, probably mispronounced this name. I believe that's a female. Malgozia Terzanska was searching for a vintage army belt for Lucas in season one in an antique store in Utah. She found one locked in a cabinet. Upon retrieving the belt, she discovered on the backside written in Sharpie, Lucas, the name of the original owner. It's a fun fact right there. Um, But... uh, (laughs) Damn it, now I've got Kate Bush stuck in my head again. <laughs> it's fun. It's interesting to know that um, when Running Up, not Running Up the Road, Running Up the Hill, uh, when that came out in uh, 1985 or four, whenever that originally came out, it only went up to like number four or something on the charts. But when it came out in Stranger Things, um, it went up to number one there for quite a while. That's uh, at least on like iTunes. <laughs> iTunes, I think. But it, uh, it's made Kate Bush some money, big time. The old uh, Stranger Things here. And that show is... Uh, it's just so so much goodness. Like, I was, like, in the beginning of this fourth season, it was a, a weird getting into it and seeing the... Uh, jump in their ages. Clearly, they've all aged a lot since the third season noticeably difference and me going back and watching that first episode you know it came out in 2016 they were fucking kids back then 
as that was six years ago. And uh, I think all but like one of them are adults now. Well, the exception of uh, Lucas's sister, I don't know her name. Uh, she's she's not an adult yet, but like like the main kids in it were like uh, the one that plays Will Byers, I think is only 17, but maybe by the time I'm saying this, he's 18. Um, from what I understand, there's going to be a time hop in the next season that's going to be in the 90s. From what I've heard, just kind of shit, shit here and there is uh, I'm pretty sure that they're they're doing a season five. I mean, they definitely set it up at the end, like there's a season five. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's really cool too, like seeing the Vecna stuff and uh, knowing how much he's involved with the Upside Down and going back. And watching the early stuff, knowing like Vecna's behind a lot of a lot of this shit, is uh, it, it's interesting. It's it's going to be interesting to see if there's you know things that I didn't see like the first time around. Plus, too, you know, I haven't seen a lot of it in years. I I've forgotten a lot of it. Um, but uh, <laughs> they're. Uh, Yeah, man, it's just weird that there's so much of a difference in the ages that now that I'm thinking about it, because I I went back and watched that first season, and man, they are just so young in it. And uh, but once you once you watch like the first half of season four, like I think you're pretty much over that watching that season, and then not even a, a thought in the second half. Those last two episodes just. By that point, I was in it, and uh, <laughs> I had a bunch of stuff I was gonna say about this, like before coming on, and then now I'm just kind of fucking blanking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know one thing I was gonna talk about. There was I felt like uh, watching initially the first half of season four here. There's th- all those scenes where. And maybe I just need to stop wa- watching so many damn YouTube videos, kind of letting other people's opinions get uh, infect my brain. <laughs> but uh, I think I probably just need to do that in general. Um, anyway, uh, so <laughs> there's so many scenes in that first half where um, Will is like looking at Mike and L, and he's like clearly upset and uh it's i kind of after watching these youtube videos and stuff started thinking well maybe he's in love with mike and that there's uh something going on there and that he's just jealous of the fact that l has got mike and that uh but i don't you know after seeing these last two episodes i don't know that that's the case i think it's more the vecna thing the fact that will was you know, abducted for like a year. <laughs> I don't remember how long it's supposed to be. I think it's, I don't know how much time is supposed to pass by the time he gets, uh, now I'm going to have to like look that up, but I know that he was abducted for a while in the early parts of Stranger Things. Um, 
Let's see, how long was Will Byers in the Upside Down? Is that the... F- <laughs> that would be, no, it's not in the top searches for how long was... Uh, oh, no, that is one of the top searches. Holy shit, if you type it right. How long was Will in the Upside Down? I feel like it was a year. Um, Do-do-do. Two years. It was two years. Shit, man. The kid was in there. No fucking wonder, man. I'd be fucking traumatized as shit, too. But they did kind of give me... <laughs> watching these YouTube videos, they really made me think that... Of course, maybe he is also in love with Mike. It's hard to say. But they already have uh, Robin, who's played by... Uh, the Maya Hawk. She, uh... Ethan Hawk and, uh, of course, Uma Thurman's daughter. I don't know, do they need a male character, too, that also, I mean, there's LGBTQ, you know, around, all over. But uh, I, don't, I don't know, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure if he's in love with Mike or not, but I feel like his weirdness is just more to the Vecna thing. Apparently he's got a connection to Vecna, I and mean, he was abducted for two years. Um. Ugh. Trapped in there for two years. Oh, what was in Will's mouth on the upside down? <laughs> That's a weird question. <laughs> uh. That's a good question. How did the Demogorgon take Will? I don't know. We didn't ever actually see that. We just kind of see the Demogorgon take him. Uh. Let's see here. This is uh the Demogorgon noticed her chasing her until that's not she wills a huh yeah it just s- describes what happened like is when you actually see you don't actually see the Demogorgon physically take him you just kind of you see little glimpse of the Demogorgon and then he's gone. Then Winona Ryder's being all crazy and stuff. And then eventually she gets the lights, the Christmas lights. I need to get back to that. I like the Christmas lights. Get to watch that. Um But shit, yeah. Good. Good shit. Good shit, Lollipop. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird too going back and watching the uh original season, seeing uh David Harbour who plays Hopper. As in uh, season four, man, he is he is emaciated. Of course, you know, he's been in a fucking gulag in the Soviet Union uh, getting beat to shit. He's got all his scars and all that. And then you uh, <laughs> go back to season one. He's uh, he's not, I mean, he's, he's overweight. He's not like orca fat or anything like that. He's not, doesn't have his own zip code. He's not Weird Al on the uh, I'm Fat video. Um but he's 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 got some weight to him. He's uh he's overweight, I guess. But it, and he's got a full head of hair in season one. Um, which uh, I know that David Harbour, when he played uh, Hellboy, he tried to get in shape a little bit. He had, he was trying to get all superhero shape. He did lose weight, of course, but he was unable to get like shredded like Wolverine or anything. So they did use some prosthetics and stuff, from what I understand, to give him like the muscles. 
and the cut physique of a Hellboy, which I never did see as Hellboy. Which I wouldn't mind seeing that. Do you like me some David Harbour? So, of course, he's also in the uh, Black Widow movie. As a uh, sort of Scarlett Johansson's dad? Because uh, if I remember correctly, they're not actually a family. It's like they're put together because like, they're secret agents or whatever. <laughs> Soviet agents. Um, And I think he's in prison in that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I watched Black Widow. I feel like he goes, they maybe break him out of prison? Or maybe he helps break somebody out of prison. Yeah, it's it's been a minute. Do love me some David Harbour, though. As, uh... Oh, man. Stranger Things. Now I'm, like, not so worried about, like, another season. I'm, I'm ready to, even for them to be in their 30s and stuff. Just, like, just keep the upside down going. And uh, I I have full confidence in the Duffer Brothers. They've got they are doing some good shit over there, doing some fine work. Unfortunately, though, I had been recently thinking though I was like, man, I need to cut. I really need to cut back on some bills, and I don't have very many areas I can do that. Netflix keeps raising their prices, and I'm like, well, maybe I can go ahead and get rid of Netflix because there's only a couple of shows I end up really watching on Netflix that I that I feel I have to watch. I mean, I'll watch when they, every once in a while, they'll put out a good docu-series or something I end up enjoying. Uh, they got some true cri- some decent true crime here and there. You know, you get a really good one every few months or something. And, uh, but for the most part, like, Stranger Things is the only thing really keeping me in there. I mean, I like Witcher. I like that show. Do I feel like I have to see it? Not really. Stranger Things, I feel like I have to see it. And uh, that's a thing that's, you know, preventing me from ever getting rid of Netflix. That's for sure. Um, I can't really jump ship and go to Hulu or uh, anything. Although Hulu, I mean, if I wanted to save some money, if I got rid of Netflix, I could just do the bundle with the Disney Plus because I can't get rid of Disney Plus. I mean, they've got Star Wars. That's not happening. Not happening. <laughs> uh, love me some Star Wars. That is, you know, I watch more Netflix than I do um, Disney Plus-ish, depending. Here lately it's been more Disney Plus because, well, they've had, you know, Obi-Wan on there and uh, Bad Batch Season 2, I believe, starting sometime soon. Um, not that I have to see that. I mean, it's just an animated series, but uh, it should be coming out soon. But it's got a lot of stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> we got a ways on that. That's September 28th. That's that's a minute. Um, and or, I think, doesn't come out until... I don't think that's coming out until, like, the end of the year. Oh, no, August. That comes out before Bad Batch. August 31st, which is still a ways away. Um, yeah, so we got a little while before I really have to watch Disney Plus again. Though I did watch, of course, again, the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which Agent Mulder did seem to enjoy. You know, they got all those creatures and stuff in there that he really, he really uh, enjoyed there. 
Is, uh, he likes to watch uh, shows. I've been trying to keep him active, and here lately he's been real lazy. You know, the wand doesn't do one for him. I think I need to find him a new toy that keeps him more entertained, that more more movement. <laughs> Maybe if I do uh, adopt Eileen or some other kitty or something at some point, it would uh, probably keep him more active. I'm sure that would keep him more active. But then again, if I get a cat that is more hobbled than he is, can't be very active. I don't know if that's going to really help things. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but, uh, man, other than that, ah, there was some other things, too, that were going on. and I'm just running down that road. And that's kind of got me sidetracked as uh, Kate Bush. Damn it. I have been... Uh, trying to fund get a little bit more funding for the penthouse here as everything's you know I'm sure everyone's feeling the pain of every damn thing in our life being more expensive uh, I've trying to look into ways to create a second income and I was eh, kind of thinking about this gotranscript.com I don't know but uh, there's Starting out, you don't make a, a lot of money off of it, but uh, the you uh, the transcripting job is basically you go on, they give you audio or there's a video with audio, and you have to translate that, and you get paid. They line up jobs. Um, you you go you do it at your own time. Well, I guess once you accept a job, you have to do it. I would imagine you'd have to do it kind of quickly, but you uh, transcribe it, and they have a lot of rules to how you transcribe it. There's uh, full verbatim or, like, clean verbatim. Uh, So, like, full verbatim, you'd have to... uh, Anything that they uh, added in, if there's speech errors, you put that in there. So I went to the bank on Thursday... No, Friday... You wouldn't like you would put that in there, whereas like if it was clean verbatim, you would, uh, I guess, just put it one to the bank on Friday. <laughs> There's you want the false starts in there. Um, so you, uh, if they said I am wanted, I have dreamed of becoming a musician. You just I've dreamed of becoming a musician. You get rid of the I am wanted, <laughs> but since they want full verbatim, you put that full in there. Um, I think there might be other, I guess they can also people when they order, I guess, uh, transcription, they can put in there too other notes if they want you to add other things, but you have to also put in the brackets too. When there's like, uh, some, some other sounds other than like talking in the background. Um, and then they have editors that go through and check to see how well you transcribed it. And, of course, they, you have to go by their guidelines. And the editors, I guess, will fix your mistakes and stuff, and they decide how they give you, a, like, a percentage of how well you uh, transcribed it. Um, 
and if you transcribed it well, then you will, uh, I think it's like three and a half star. If you get like, there's up to five stars you can get as a rating as a transcriber. And if you get <clears throat> something like less than three and a half or whatever, um, I don't know if that's, I've, I guess there's maybe a time period or so to where you have that, but you, they, they will, uh, They'll kick you off the team, as they say, if you score too low. So you have to kind of meet up, stay at a certain rating to be able to stay on as a transcriber. From what I understand, you can kind of run through the ranks and then eventually become an editor so you can make a little bit more money. It's not a lot of money you can make. They pay you per, I guess it depends on per job, but uh, like it's per word that you're transcribing, I think, on most of them. And it's only like, it's not it's not much. You have to do quite a bit of it to make some money. But if I, I guess if you get fast enough, you can make some good money. And you get a, a good reputation and eventually become an editor. But uh, I don't know, one way or another, there will need to be some way to get some extra fundage in for the, uh, the old penthouse. As a... Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's about all I've really got going on at the at the moment. Uh the fireworks haven't started again yet tonight as it's been raining. The last night there was people shooting off fireworks. You could hear booms in the background. The booms today have been from the thunderstorms. Um I would imagine come tomorrow and then of course on the fourth it'll be uh it'll be some big big booms anyway uh, that's all I've got and uh, as always that is a kid in a wheelchair not a trash can